Hello and welcome to um, <coughs> start again. Hello and welcome to this week's Raw podcast from the Sunland Echo Sunland team uh, with myself, Richard Manier, Phil Smith, and Mark Donnelly. And we are recording this on deadline day, Monday, the first of February. Um, obviously, fairly quiet in terms of incoming business. Since Sunland have done done the business that they wanted needed to do this window with four signings coming in so far. We'll get onto them very shortly. And as we speak, uh, we're just waiting on Will Griggs' imminent departure somewhere with um, quite a few clubs interested in him. Uh, Oxford United have this afternoon said that whilst they were desperate to sign him last week, that it didn't look like they're going, he'll be going there. But there's still strong interest from the likes of MK Dons, Shrewsbury and Fleetwood Town as well, who have uh, Simon Grayson in charge there until the end of the season. So head to the Sunland Echo website for the latest on Will Griggs' future. But um, we're just going to focus on the, the business done so far this month for this podcast. Um, as I say, four signings have arrived at the, the Stadium of Light. Um, midfielder Carl Winchester, obviously, a little earlier in the window, he's had a couple of games so far at Sunland. Um, Jake Bokins, the left back from Southampton, who was on the bench at the weekend for the 2 2 draw with Steve Evans's Gillingham, and Jordan Jones. And on Sunday tea time, the arrival of uh, Stewart from Ross County. Um, so some decent business, hopefully, by uh, Sunland this window. Um, Phil, I'll come to you first. How would you sort of sum up the, the business done, and which of those four in particular are you? Uh, sort of excited to see between now and the end of the season. Yeah, well, I suppose it's it, it's quite difficult to judge because the, none of the players have seen a huge amount of, so it's difficult to make that kind of judgment on, you know, what impact they'll have in the short term. But I think the window was always about moving the Sunderland squad towards how Lee Johnson wanted it to play. And I think if you look at his kind of first, however many games it is now, 12, 13, I think in all competitions, you know, clearly he was lacking a little bit of little bit of pace, um, a little bit of energy dynamism in the final third, and probably a little bit of craft in midfield as well. I think certainly the first aspect of that I think has been fairly well addressed. Um, you know, Jordan Jones hasn't played since November, which I suppose would be a slight concern in terms of his match fitness, but clearly he's someone who's going to be a real threat on the counter attack. He's going to be able to beat players, and that was definitely that something something that someone had been missing. Jack Diamond's done very well, um, but you know he's still inexperienced, and it's good to have another option. Ross Stewart, of course, is a is a total unknown, really, um, but I suppose it's encouraging that Sunderland are thinking about their recruitment a little bit differently. Had a really strong idea of what they wanted from a new striker, and have gone out and found someone who, you know, through the data and what have you, looks as if they can do that. In terms of midfield, I think you know I think it's fair to say that we'll have to see all from Carl Winchester before we make a decision on that. There's been some bright spots in his little cameos, and I'm sure he'll get better. I think probably the Jake Vulcan signing, I think, is one that the one we can say for surest. I think looks like a really savvy addition because that probably wasn't a priority when the window opened, but Denver Hume's injury made it a really, really important signing. Um, and to get someone of his calibre, um, and who also I think will fit into the system quite neatly, yeah, I think that's a that's a really good signing. So. You know, you don't want to get carried away because, like I say, with all four of these players, there's not a huge amount of League One experience. And so that makes it something of a gamble. And we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, it's encouraging that the things Johnson said he was looking for at the start of the window, you know, he, he appears to have gone and done. That suggests that things are moving fairly well behind the scenes and also suggests there's some thought to what they've done. Um, so, yeah, it's we'll wait and see. But I, I think, to me, I certainly think his options are a lot stronger than they were at the start of the window. And, 
given the salary cap, given the takeover, given the fact that it's a, a new structure in place, I think that's a you know it's credit to them that that's the case. Just on, <coughs> excuse me, just on Wilkins, uh, Mark, interesting, interesting signing. Would you expect him to be edging closer to his Sunderland debut this this week? Obviously, a couple of games away at MK Dons. Yeah, I think you'd expect him to make his debut. I think there was maybe an element of surprise he didn't make that on Saturday because obviously he is, we know he's match fit. He's played in the Premier League within the last week or so for Southampton. Obviously, Lee Johnson's kept faith with Callum McFadden after that clean sheet at Ipswich in the week. But I do think, you know, we saw Gillingham at times in the first half were focusing a lot of their play down Sunderland's left. And I think that is potentially for some opposition teams becoming a little bit of a perceived weakness in what's otherwise a fairly strong, on paper at least, team. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Vogans coming to the side. It'll be, be interesting to see what he offers and certainly what, what he offers in an attacking sense as well, because that seems to be what Southampton are most enthusiastic about is what he can offer in the final third in terms of his delivery and in terms of shots on goal as well. I think there's a there was a video doing the rounds when news of Sunderland's interest broke of his first goal for Southampton and it's it's a superb strike and it's good to have you know those efforts on goal coming from all over the field. So it'd be really interesting to see what he what he offers Sunderland and how soon he does get that chance. And um, you, you've obviously seen Winchester a couple of times. He's not been played a huge amount, but what have you made of his early sort of start to some career? Mark. Yeah, I think it, it's been uh, it's been difficult for him because his his game talent has been limited. He's been in and out of the team. We've seen flashes of good stuff. I mean, the the little flick in the build up to Charlie White's goal at Ipswich is brilliant and really kind of instinctive play when he's playing a, a little bit of a different role because Sutherland has obviously switched to the four four two and he was playing a bit wider than he's he's used to. It'll be good to see see him get a little bit more of a run, and I'm sure he will get opportunities with the way the fixture schedule is. Sunderland are a little bit. If you were looking at any area of the field now that Sunderland were potentially light in, it probably would be the centre of midfield. Although, you know, Max Power now looks like a right back. He could move in there. Luke O'Neill's position still to be discussed. Um, but I think he, you know, he will get an opportunity, and it'll be interesting to see how he does because he's a player that Lee Johnson obviously rates very, very highly, and someone who knows how Lee Johnson wants to play and knows his role within that system. So, hopefully, he's one who will see the value of over time and maybe a little bit more of a slow burner than someone like a Jordan Jones or a Ross Stewart who, if they start hitting goals or registering assists straight away, you know, their impact's quite tangible early on. Carl Winchester might be a little bit more of a slow burner, but I'm sure he's a player who who will make an impact purely because he, he knows what Lee Johnson wants and he knows that system and style of play. You enjoyed that little flick at uh, Ipswich, Phil? Winchester showed his class there. Yeah. Well, no, it was just, a, I think it was, a, um, I think it was a, just a great moment, really, because obviously I thought the red card had seen Lee Johnson switch formation, so he went from four three three, expecting a really kind of tight, tense game, to a four four, and that meant Winchester had to go on the right wing, and it was obvious that he. Well, to be fair, the whole team looked pretty uncomfortable until half time. Winchester was struggling; he'd got himself booked because he'd given the ball away, and then in his desperation to try and recover the situation, flew into a pretty terrible challenge. So the fact that he, I just like the fact that he was minutes away from coming off in what would have been a, a pretty pretty poor night, I think you'd have to say, all told. So for him to bring out that bit of magic, that little bit of invention, um, you know, it allowed him to go off at the break, kind of with his head held high and feeling like he'd made a bit of a step forward. So yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant piece of play. It was kind of the whole move really was, I suppose, in a nutshell, what Johnson wants to achieve: six touches from the halfway line to the back of the net. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was it was really positive for him that he was able to turn what could have been a, 
you know, a pretty chastening night into a, into a really positive one. And yeah, I think I agree with what Mark said. If I was looking at the squad, I think there'd be two positions where you would say things aren't perfect. I think John McLaughlin's still probably a bit of a missing goal. And I think centre midfield, I still have some reservations over whether the creativity, not necessarily the quality, I think there's some good players there, whether the creativity's there. Um, and I guess it'll be up to Winchester to produce more moments like that and, and kind of allay that concern. But yeah, it was, um, it was, it was nice to see him turn that potential negative into a positive. Um, yeah, it was just touching on the Gillingham game briefly, Mark. I won't dwell on it because it feels like we're always talking about a draw with Gillingham. But um, it was such a shame, wasn't it, after the, such a positive week last week, two one nil wins and you know a positive day in the transfer window on was it the fr- yeah the Friday, to then throw away another two points at home on Saturday. Yeah, a real disappointment, and it, it's just kind of underlined that real issue that Sunderland have had this season in terms of getting a consistent run of results. They've not won three league games in a row at all this season, which is a worry because any promotion winning team needs to have that kind of consistency, that kind of momentum in their performance. Obviously, they've still got plenty of time to put together a good run because even though we sit here in the first day of February, you know they've only played just over half their games with how the season's panned out. So there's still plenty of opportunity left to do that. But it's disappointing that that momentum, that positive feeling just hasn't been able to roll on as much as we would have liked this season. And Sunderland obviously are suffering as a result in terms of their league standing because it was a real opportunity with postponements and results and things on Saturday for them to climb back into the playoff places, which they did in the end, scraped in, but they could have been in a far more comfortable position had they, they held on for that that vital win. But so yeah, it's it's a shame that they've not been able to get that kind of momentum. It's something I'm sure Lee Johnson will be acutely aware of that they need to start stringing these results together on a more consistent basis. And yeah, they've got opportunities to do that now with their some some good runs of fixtures coming up and some good opportunities to get more points on the board. Good stuff. And just sort of finally, Phil, really, um, as I mentioned, we're recording this um, Monday afternoon before we expect Will Greek to depart. So difficult to comment really on, on him and we'll revisit that uh, later in the week for a different podcast. But just overall, summing up the January business, um, how, how well do you think someone is now placed heading into the second half of the season? Yeah, well, well I think, like I say, and the main thing is I feel like Lee Johnson has some variety now. I think if you look at the options he had when he came into the job for that for that Wigan game on day one, you know, if you compare his options now to then, they're much improved. Part of that is because of, you know, bringing Aidan McGeady back into the fold, Jack Diamond's rise, Elliot Embleton to a certain extent. So part of it's come from within and part of it's come from recruiting outside. And that, I think, is the biggest positive. It feels now that we're back to you know, in that kind of four-two-two-two that he seems to favour, we seem to have two options in every position and players who bring something a little bit different as well. So I feel like he's got the right now to change things within games, to change things from game to game, and hopefully we'll be able to see an eleven who, by and large, are a little bit more suited to carrying out his style over ninety minutes because that's not something we've seen yet. We've seen little patches in games where you've got, oh, yeah, I can see what he's trying to do here. And I think you'd have to be fair and say that there have been large spells of games where that hasn't been the case. So it's one of those where I think your, your previous experience of, of some London January windows leads you to be very cautious. You don't want to get carried away and say that they've cracked it and that, you know, it's it's all, you know, it's all going to be plain sailing from here because I don't think that's the Obviously, a lot of unknowns with this business, with the business that they've done. But like I say, I'm encouraged mainly from you can piece together what Lee Johnson said at the start of the window he wanted, and what's actually come in. I'd suggest it's some joined up thinking, and that gives you some some hope that therefore the players who will come in will have a better 
and the understanding of their roles and also the capacity to kind of execute them. So I think it's been a decent window. I do think it's been a decent window, given, as I mentioned, the salary cap takeover, you know, the overhaul behind the scenes. I do think it's been a good window. But, you know, clearly the Gillingham game is just underlined that this is a, you know, there's a huge way to go before we can talk about this team as kind of credible top two contenders. So you can throw anything you say with a bit of caution. But I, I, I would say that I think I'm quite impressed with what they've got. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Um, that brings it into this uh, raw podcast. As I say, we'll we'll be back a little bit later in the week to um, discuss what we anticipate about sort of Will Griggs' departure and his time at Sunderland and, and look ahead to the uh, MK Dons League game of the weekend. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday, so Sunderland are in Papa John's trophy action on Tuesday in the quarterfinal at MK Dons. Phil's got a tr- couple of trips this week down to uh, down there. There's a hotel at the ground, actually, Phil. You, you probably could have just got a four or five days, I should think about too late now. So thanks for listening. Um, as I say, head to the Sunland Echo website for the latest Sunland news and we'll be back later in the week. <laughs>